Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here from the Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, you'll be joined by me as I go through the lessons and insights from the podcast audits I have conducted in 2020. Now, this episode has been on my mind for a while to make because I find it so fascinating how many shows tend to have a similar or common problem. And then also the insights I've collected on how you can potentially solve them or go about your podcast in a better way. Now, I want to preface this episode by by saying when I do a podcast audit, this isn't a superficial look over the top and kind of make judgments from the outside. I like to get under the hood and really understand how a podcast is being done, how the host is going about it, and then how the analytics are coming across on the other side. So these are in-depth audits I do, and I think they provide a unique perspective on what is and isn't working. And with my collection of shows and other podcasts we work in, I'm able to kind of benchmark how a show is doing. So before we get into the episode itself, there's some other things I would like to mention. I'm not calling out anyone who's done an audit with me. So if you are someone who has listened to this show, this episode isn't made directly at one person. It is a collection of things. So if anything resonates with you and you have done an audit with me, it might be the thing you need to work on. Conversely, if you haven't done a podcast audit with me and you're listening to some of these points and you're thinking, oh, does this apply to my show? Come and do a podcast audit with me. I'll make sure we put a link in the description so you can uh, come and work with me and I'll go through your show personally to help you understand understand um, how it's all going and what you can really do to make improvements. If you haven't already, please make sure you do subscribe to the show. But nonetheless, let's head into the episode and start digging into the common trends and insights from the podcast audits. All right, let's get into this episode, and I'm going to make the first point very, very meta. And what do I mean by that? A lot of people take too long in their episode to get to the point or offer any real value to their audience. Time and time again, even though I've repeated it many times on the podcast, I'm so surprised in how long people can take to get to the point in their podcast. And when you think about this, your audience is here for a reason. And if you dance around it, asking your guests about the weather or confronting them about the difference in time zone or really just including irrelevant banter and backstory before you offer any value, then you will drive people away. And I think this is a really, really important point. It's very, very common, and I mean very common in the audits I have done, that the first five minutes of a podcast offers no value. Honestly, they might as well have cut the first five minutes off and start with the meat. One of the things I really recommend people do here is start with a more hard-hitting or engaging question that will hook people in. We'll really have them enjoy it. And when you think about this, I'm a bit of a fan of the Bond movies. I love James Bond movies. When you look at all of the James Bond movies, they open with this really impactful scene that gets you interested, intrigued and engaged and makes you want to hang around. So one of the things I'll mention first here is start hard early. Really open out of the gate strong. You will see substantially more results in your podcast by introducing that right away, regardless if you think you're already doing it or not. Because I know some of you out there think you are hitting your podcast early and opening strong, but really you're dancing around the value your audience wants. All right. Insight number two is 
poor quality titles and descriptions. And I want to describe to you first how I decide what podcast episodes I'm going to listen to. When it's time for me to listen to a podcast on a walk, I first open my phone, I go to the Apple Podcast app, and then I see what the latest episodes are from the shows I'm subscribed to. I look through that list, and then based on the title, the guest, and what they're covering in the episode itself, I make my decision on what I will listen to on that walk. Now, what many people are surprised about is how many people go about their content in that way. Literally, the title, description, and guest can be the thing that makes or breaks if someone's going to listen to your podcast. Yet, for a lot of people, what they actually do is they spend very little time, put very little consideration into the titles themselves. I must say, I've noticed noticed this within my own show is that the more time I spend creating a better title or wording things in a way where it will have an impact or cause curiosity intrigue, the better it will actually do. Now, on the business of podcasting, there is an episode with Adil Amarazi that focuses on titles, and I think that can be incredibly helpful for helping you improve your podcast episode titles. Now, one of the things I've really looked at myself is I always think, one podcast title isn't enough. I like to make two or three, and then I will pick the winner or ask one of my team to pick which one they think will perform the best, and it can make a huge impact on your show, and I mean a huge impact. Not only that, when you have created better titles, I also think that your promotions do a lot better. More people open emails, more people will click on social media posts. All in all, this is an easy win that can create a substantial uplift if you spend more time on your titles and descriptions. All right, next one on the list here is spray and pray social media promotion or just promotion in general. And this is a really, really common one across many of the podcasts I look at. What they tend to do is every time an episode is released, the attitude or mentality is to just put that episode in as many places as possible and hope that the right people find it. And it is a very spray and pray hope strategy. Now, in a previous episode, I did a whole episode on fishing where the fish are. And this is the mentality change I think podcasters need to embrace in 2020 particular and ongoing. Five years ago, you definitely could just post your episodes on social media everywhere and people would find them. But due to massive declines in social media reach and also just the amount of competition, there's so many more podcasters out there right now, all it has turned into is so many people just spamming. And I'm going to be honest, podcasters, many of you are spammers. You're going to hate hearing this, but it's true. What I really want to encourage you to do is pick maybe one or two platforms where you know your audience is and create really great content for them to consume. Don't go out every week and just spam your stuff everywhere in the hope that people would find it. If anything, my finding is the shows that spam really hard or spray and pray promote actually do the worst. They're the ones that actually cause friction with people because people are annoyed with seeing their stuff so, so often. So, really, really common. Listen to that previous episode of Fish Where the Fish Are and really get the insights into making content that is useful and interesting to an audience that would want to consume it. And this point will come up later in the episode, I'm sure. But one of the things that is more and more common is people are making content that they want to make and then just forcing it upon other people instead of making the content that the audience wants to consume. And I can tell you right now, it's so much easier to grow a podcast and have a successful show if you are making content that an audience wants to consume. 
All right, next one on the list here is not collecting an email list to go with your podcast. So this is quite fascinating. I would say about half of the podcasts I have audited do not collect email addresses or build a subscriber list to go with their show. Even more interesting is the ones that do collect those email addresses, only about half of them actually email their audience to let them know that a new podcast episode is out. Now, I would say this is some extremely low-hanging fruit. If you have a podcast, you must, and I say must, collect email addresses to go with your show. Now, I want to tell you about a little experiment I did just to see how important this is. On one of the shows at Valor Media, we decided to stop sending emails. We had decided that we didn't think the list wasn't that effective and we wanted to focus on social media. The numbers were saying focus on social media. So we did, and we knew this was going to be a very interesting test. Now, to my horror, but also to my expectation, this show had a massive decline. What we didn't take into account for is just how important those email reminders were. Now, what commonly would happen is when a new episode was out, we would email that list, someone would see there was a new episode out, and then they would head over to their podcast podcast app and then listen to the episode in there. Now, so, so interesting that it's a hard one to track. So, you may not directly see people clicking on your links in your emails going to podcast episodes, but if they are opening those emails, then it's definitely having an impact on getting people to your podcast and having that omnipresence. It's such an easy win. The technology in this space is easier than ever. There is no reason not to have an email list and notify your audience when a new episode is out. I will say with this that for majority of the shows we manage at Vela Media, email is actually the number one point of sale. So people will be listening to the podcast, come onto the email list, get those emails, and that's where the conversion point or the sale will happen. So it's a very, very important opportunity. And I'd also just say that your email list is something you own. It's something you can take with you and it's something that's a part of your business. I would definitely not want to rely on social media avenues as we've seen these companies change their rules routinely and we just don't know what's coming next. Personally, I put a lot of focus into my email list, my website, and also my podcast because they stay with the brand. The social channels, I think, are way too risky in the long game of things because you just don't know what's going to happen. And anyone who was using Facebook five years ago can tell you all about it. Now, I nearly didn't put this one on the list, but I feel like it is incredibly important. And I also think a lot of podcasters instantly dismiss this as I say it. So if you're listening to this right now and I say this next point here, a part of you is going to want to believe this isn't you, but the likelihood of it being you is actually incredibly high. So really, really, really lean into this. And I said really a lot there. What I find most commonly when someone come and does an audit with me is they think their content is exceptional. They think they're in the top 10% of podcast content quality in their niche or in their industry or in the category they're going for. And the reality is it's average at best and in a lot of cases, poor quality. I'm really going to put it out there that I think a lot of podcasters are actually lazy, incredibly lazy. They don't put enough effort into preparation. They think that they can get away with doing interviews on the fly and not knowing enough about their guests or not putting enough intention behind the episode for it to be successful. Also, there's always a publishing deadline. If you someone has to get an episode out each and every week, if they only have one episode there to pick from, of course, they're going to select that episode. A lot of podcasters shouldn't publish every episode. They should make more episodes, be more selective, be more critical, and be way, way, way 
way harder on the standard they allow to release on their show. In my own podcast, I actually have episodes I've recorded that I've never even sent to the team because I didn't feel like it was my best effort. Or I deleted episodes before I've sent it into the team because I wasn't proud of the episode. So something all podcasters really need to absorb is the bar has risen. If you have been complacent or haven't been putting in the work to create your best content, then it's likely it shows. It's likely people are paying attention to it and they're looking for other information. If you really want to be successful in podcasting, then I expect and I would want all podcast hosts to increase the amount of time they actually spend making and creating content. I would encourage them to spend more time researching and listening to other great podcasters so they can build up their skill set. They can really become better as a podcast host. Now, when you've got great content, promoting and monetizing becomes so much easier. And I really want to emphasize this. We have some shows that we work with at Vela Media and their content is so, so good that we almost don't have to try to grow that show. It grows itself. The content does the heavy lifting. Now, I'm not saying promotion or monetization efforts don't play a role. They're heavily important. But the core of a great podcast is its content. So if you as the host aren't putting in the effort to make exceptional content, you're not going to see exceptional results. So I really want you to take that critically. I want you to do the training and put in the work. And if you're sitting there right now and saying, this isn't me, it's probably you. And I know that can be a touch offensive to some, but at the same time, this is what is required from there. And I'll throw in a point from it. I have asked so many podcast hosts how much training they've actually done on being a host or if they've done any training on creating great content. And to this day, not a single person has come across my desk saying, well, look, I've done interviewing classes or I've worked on how I speak into a microphone. They might have done some podcast training or done a podcast course, but nothing really focused on them being a host. So I would encourage that as a byproduct of this. Next one on the list here, and this one will apply to podcasters that do interviews. I've listened to a lot of interviews where the host will just agree with the guest and not ask the hard questions. And really, all that happens is the podcast episode turns into an echo chamber. And this can be particularly uh, challenging if you don't necessarily agree with the guest or you've held a different opinion on a different episode. And I'll give you an example. If I had a podcast and I brought a vegan onto my podcast, and then I started praising vegans and talking about how I'm a vegan and I like the vegan values. And then on a future episode, I was to bring on a carnivore and do the same thing. That conflict, your audience will remember. So whenever you do an episode where you agree with a guest or agree with every guest without asking the hard questions or standing your own view, you lose the trust of your audience. They actually subconsciously look at you as a person who can be compromised. And where we see podcasters get the most success is where they can hold their own views and ask the guests the hard questions. And the point I would make here is that when you're making an interview, don't cater for the guest, cater for your audience and put your audience first. Really put the intention and effort into understanding what are the questions and things your audience would like you to do in this episode to create exceptional content from them. And please, please, please do not agree with everything your guests say. As soon as you fall into that trap, the chances of the episode being of really good quality or your content being exceptional will just fall through the floor. 
Next one on the list here is as a podcast host, often I find in an audit that the host and people running the podcast actually have no idea what's working and what isn't. And I kid you not, it's like they've fallen into a routine and never, ever decided to look over the analytics. So something I would really recommend and something that I think can help podcasters in a big way is every month, log into your podcast hosting, log into your social media accounts and check in with your email list and really understand what's performed the best, what's performed the worst and get an in-depth understanding of your audience and what they want to consume more of. I'll tell you now, I think this is low-hanging fruit. If you just knew what your audience wants to consume and you understood what's working within your own show, it is so much easier to create a show that someone wants to consume. Not only that, it's so much easier to eliminate waste and get rid of the things that don't work. It will really help you focus in on the things that do work and you can just do more of it. So checking in with your analytics is a huge thing to get the result here. But to my surprise, most podcasters, while they're obsessed with overall downloads or downloads per month or download per episode, they actually have no clue which pieces of content are contributing to their success or what channels, categories, or topics are the most important for them to cover in their show. So spend the time within your analytics and get to know what isn't isn't working within your own show. All right, next one on the list here is a tactical short-term focus instead of a strategic long-term focus. And this is a common one on many of the podcasts I review. And as I go through the audit, it becomes very, very clear that someone's just looking for that silver bullet, that little tactic they can change or social media post timing or type of snippet or what can they do to basically hack the game of getting more downloads. And I think this is just the wrong intention and the wrong thinking. A lot of podcasts have their self-worth tied to their download metric instead of tied to the actual objective or goal of their show. And I'll express this in my own view. I was really obsessive to getting to 10,000 downloads a month in my podcast once upon a time. I'd almost measure everything against that when in reality, what I wanted the most is to have a show that was profitable and benefited my business. And as soon as I changed my focus on creating a podcast that would serve my business in the right way, create great clients that I want to work work with and was the perfect resource for them, everything changed in our ability to make better decisions within the show. I've seen many people make the wrong moves, put out the wrong content, all in an effort to push their download numbers up because that is the thing they are measuring their show's success as. Now, I realize some podcasts out there will be paid in advertising based in downloads, but I just really want people to get into here and understand that downloads is an important metric, but not the only metric, and it's definitely not the most important metric within a show. So I really want people to understand, play the long game in podcasting, get a bigger focus past the monthly download numbers or obsessing in that path overall. All right, you've made it to the last one on the list. And this is what I think is probably one of the most important ones, and that is niche. Now, commonly on this show, what I have found or said to people or given the advice of is that they need to niche down. But what I want to do is share the insight from what has come in the audits I have done in 2020. My consensus is 
is that for every show I have done an audit for in 2020, they would be far more successful if they niche down one more level. Yep, one more level. A lot of podcasters feel they have a niche when really they have a broad niche or a category. And I would love to see people going further and further into niching. Now, of course, there is a tipping point on two niche, but no one has come to me and done an audit where I felt their podcast was too niche. It's always been the other way. So the likelihood of you not being niche enough is probably what's hurting your podcast. And I think this is something to have a huge impact on shows. Now, if you do go more niche, the thing I want to remind you of is that by being more niche, you're actually able to cut through the noise. It's being able to have your content resonate with someone on such a deeper level that it connects with them and you build a real relationship. By being broad and disconnected, you will get lost in the noise. And many podcasters are suffering from this right now. While many of the points actually all All the points in this episode have been important for a podcast. If you're not certain on the first thing, I would say this is the most important thing to focus on first. It's a low-hanging fruit for many of you. And most podcasters, when I talk to them about their niche, they know they should be one level deeper. Many of you listening now know you should be one level deeper and you actually know who this niche is. It's not a secret. It's never a surprise when I talk to a podcaster when I'm doing an audit about niching it further. Now, that is it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed these insights and lessons from all the podcasts I have audited in 2020. If you would like to get an audit done on your show, you would like me to personally go through your podcast and really dig into the weeds of what is and isn't working and identify what your next moves are to have a successful podcast, then I'll include a link to in this show notes here. And you can also go to our website, valamedia.com and get an audit done with me. All right, I'm going to wrap this one up. Thank you for being a fan of this show and listening all the way through. Please make sure to subscribe to the show and I'll see you on the next episode.